Alrighty, what is going on you guys and welcome back to another video. This is a midnight video. It's not probably not gonna be posted at midnight, but as you can see from the top here, I am filming this in the mid hours of the night. For me, this is just like, <laughs> this is late. Honestly, I've been staying up this late um, anyways with the baby and I've just been doing most of my work at night, which is, I don't really like at all. But um, I got a comment in that I wanna basically react on and give my opinion and further discussion on because if you didn't catch this last video that I did here, guys, by the way, give it a thumbs up if you appreciate this content, whether you agree with me or not, like, um, hey, I hope that this can kind of clarify some things up. But I just posted a video earlier today titled why I choose individual stocks for my portfolio and my strategy versus passive index investing. And it's a 30 minute video. I tried to go through a lot of justification as to why it works for me, why I enjoy it, yada, yada, yada. And um, I was just checking the comments like just before kind of while well, I was laying in bed, couldn't sleep anyways. But I was looking at these comments and there's this one here that has a bunch of thumbs up, well, 17 thumbs up, which is, you know, more, more, more for like this type, like higher up in this video uh, from a guy named Lography. And um, it's a really good comment. Like, let me first off start by saying this, like no disrespect to this guy or anything. Like it's a great comment. It's got justification, it's got backing, basically questioning a lot of things I said in the video. And I wanted to come on and kind of clarify because I, I thought I did a good job during the video, the 30 minute video basically doing so, but maybe I didn't. And there's definitely some things in here that I disagree with. And again, there's not a like slight to this guy. I really respect this comment because it's like kind of a good comment. I, I, there's some parts I don't agree with, but um, let's just go through that. And uh, yeah, let's start with this guy, Lography. He says, keep doing what you're doing, you're awesome. Which is a, like, hey, thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. And then he goes on to say, however, however, <laughs> I do have some critiques of your arguments, which is fair. Like I like always open to, to critiques and other opinions. Like I have nothing against that, but I have some critiques of your arguments. He says, you have, by investing in individual stocks, you have though created a sort of fund. You're just managing your own portfolio. And yes, you, you could say that. Like when you are managing your own portfolio, it's like you're managing a fund. That's basically the same idea, right? A fund manager has, picks a bunch of stocks, me and my portfolio and anyone who does individual stocks, it, you could look at it like a fund, except for in the video, the first key point that I talked about, the major disadvantage, why? Not the major, but one of the major, and the first one that I talked about was that why these funds fail to beat the index and why they you know, grossly outperform when you look across the big scheme of things is that these funds have these fees that are embedded. So structure-wise, yeah, it looks like a fund. It is like a fund. It's basically like I'm managing a fund, but... I'm not at a two to 2.5% disadvantage because of those MERs, because of those fees. We are literally on an even playing field. And again, I talked about this all in the video, but like, I agree with him. Essentially, yeah, we have created a fund, but it's not a fund because we're not paying these MERs. We don't have to factor these in. We don't have to worry about them. So you're right. But I mean, I don't know what really that point's talking about. You have created a fund, but you're just managing your own portfolio. That's right. But the fee is the huge thing and the mandates of funds and having investors in these funds you know, withdrawing money and adding money. Like these are all the, the complications that a fund manager has to deal with, but not me, right? I manage my own portfolio, which you could look at like a fund, but there's a lot of things that aren't a disadvantage to doing that. He says, it'll possible. it's possible that you'll do well, but in terms of diversification, it seems like you're taking on a, a lot of risk for potentially less reward than the S&P. And that's exactly right. Like if you went on to watch the whole video, at the end of the video, I went on and said, I, as a 27 year old, am more of a risk taker and that's something that I'm willing to accept. And yes, there is absolutely more risk 
in managing a portfolio of individual stocks than buying an index. Like I'm pretty sure I talked about that. In fact, on multiple occasions, he's correct. So he's maybe just restating that. It seems like you're taking on a lot of potential risk for possibly for potentially less reward than the S&P. Maybe so. He says Ben Felix, which is one of the other really good channels. Another one, like another really good channel. If you guys like my channel, you, you like Ben Felix channel is like really, really good. He has a video speaking about individual stock picking. I agree that it's nice to support a company by buying their stock, but you still own stake with mutual funds. And let's talk about that. Um, I agree that it's nice to support a company by buying their stock, but you still own stake with mutual funds. Yeah, you do indirectly. Like indirectly, when you go out and buy a mutual fund, you could say, yeah, well, I own Tesla, this or this. You do. Your money is distributed to them. But there's direct ownership when you literally own a stock. Like, and again, certain people put different weights on that. Some people literally like having the opportunity to vote on a stock. Me? I, I throw that stuff in the garbage. It doesn't matter to me. But there is a difference between owning a stock directly. Like literally, let's say you're a huge Tesla fan. Tesla to me is such a good example of this. Again, not that I own Tesla or, you know, I have in the past, but not that Tesla stock for me at this moment, but the, the Tesla stock has this, like, there are so many people that are proud, like genuinely and legitimately proud to be a Tesla shareholder and they support the company. They support the vision and they want to literally be a direct shareholder in the company. And if they want to vote on company matters, if they want to pull in full dividends, not that Tesla pays dividends, there are many, many Per, not many, many perks, but there's definitely a difference between owning individual stocks like directly or indirectly through a fund like a mutual fund or an ETF. So like he's correct. Yeah, I still own stock. I still technically, if I buy the S&P, sure, I'm supporting Tesla. I'm also supporting a bunch of junk stocks at the bottom of the S&P that I don't care for. The video was talking about why I personally in invest in individual stocks, right? For me, <laughs> like I said that like a million times in that video, let's say it again. And I don't know how someone else can put like, how can you, and again, like it's a good comment, but how can you tell me how important it is to me that I want to be a shareholder of Tesla and I want to back this company on a direct level. Like I want to own shares of Tesla versus having some little bit of exposure through it, through an ETF. I don't think that's your decision to make. Like that's mine and that's yours. Maybe for you owning it through a fund is perfectly fine. Well, for me, I enjoy owning the stocks directly and literally understanding that I am a like direct shareholder. I'm not just indirectly investing in these companies. He even goes on to say here, you're just overweighting it. Like, I think he means that you're just overweighting. You own stake in a mutual fund. You're just overweighting it. Maybe like you're overweighting your, your, your position in it, or you're overweighting how important it is to you. I don't really get that part, but yeah, you're definitely overweighting your position if you direct investing in it, or if you're overweighting like the importance of it well i mean again who, who are you to tell me like what i want to do right he says this is where like, this is like one of the things i was like okay okay you also have a vested interest in picking individual stocks you advertise your course which would have substantially less content if you taught personal finance and encourage people to buy vanguard okay let's talk about that you have a vested interest in picking individual stocks you advertise your course which is which would have substantially less content if you taught personal finance content. Um, I don't know how long you've been following the channel for, if you know my history or anything, man. Um, and again, like I'm not like I'm just like I'm just having fun here. But I've literally owned individual stocks since I was like ten or eleven years old. 
like the first two stocks that I ever bought wasn't by my choice. Like my dad helped me buy them. Like I, I helped choose them, but it was basically with his direction. And I bought shares of McDonald's and I bought shares of Coca-Cola, like literally when I was 10 or 11 years old. And through the journey I went from, I still in mutual funds then, I went to ETFs, now I'm individual stocks. I have been buying individual stocks my entire life, whether I had a course, whether I didn't have a course, or whether I talked about it in the course, or whether I not. I legitimately enjoy investing in individual stocks, and maybe you don't, and that's fine. But to say that I only, I have a vested interest in selling my course, which is why I talk about individual stocks, because I'm going to teach you how to do individual stocks in my course. Absolutely, in the course, we talk about individual stocks. But the courses, the entire academy is not just how to pick individual stocks, right? Like it is a fraction of what the entire program offers. He says, you you could have just taught personal finance and encouraged people to buy Vanguard. Well, just to clear the stage, like if you go into the investing academy, okay? And this is basically what you see when you're in there, right? And these are just the different programs, a couple stock market courses, Adam's course, our live sessions, some spreadsheets, um, resource stuff, and more coming soon. But again, that's beyond the point. But let's just go into our beginner training course, just as an example. This is like where a lot of our students start. They go through the beginner training course and they watch all these different lessons. Like take a look at these lessons on the side or you can go to various reasons or ways to look at it. But like, tell me of these lessons, like where I'm pushing individual stocks, right? Here we talk about stocks versus bonds because they're two big asset classes. And again, whether you're doing ETFs or not, that's still important to know. We talk about what is a stock, but like this content, the training that we teach, investment strategies, um, mutual funds, ETFs, understanding fees. There's a lesson here on individual stocks, but to say I'm gonna have substantially less content, like my program is not gonna be able to sell without individual stocks. We literally, if you go down to this, there's a thing on dividends, which obviously is more appropriate to individual stocks, but again, that's cause I like, that's cause I like dividend stocks. If you go down to like this module, which basically where a lot of our students take action, setting up their stuff, blah, blah, blah. Like you literally learn to build your portfolio with ETFs, exchange traded funds. And there's two lessons here on how to build it with stocks if you do, right? But in essence, if you go through the course and people that have gone through the course can vouch for this, we encourage you to go out and build your portfolio with ETFs. And if you actually wanna go look at the ETFs, you know, we're not gonna get into this whole lesson, blah, 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 blah. Like here, we go over the different funds they're either iShares or Vanguard, which I mean, in your case, like you can even see here, I don't, it's somewhere in here. You, you get the point, right? Um, here's our different funds that we talk about. iShares, Vanguard, BMO. So like to say, you also have a vested interest in picking stocks because you advertise your course, which would have substantially less content if you just did personal finance content. First of all, it is personal finance content, again, all of these lessons are not about individual stocks. Like, in fact, it's just a portion of it. And in fact, if we actually went back to the other training programs that you get as part of joining, because again, this is just one of the courses, we have our mastery program, which talks about behavioral finance, things like the things that literally can screw you as an investor, like confirmation bias, loss, aver loss aversion, hindsight bias, strategies like advanced asset allocation, diversification, doing your investment policy statement, mastering the economy, the business cycle, uh, like, top level economy stuff. Yes, you have a module on stocks here, like a more advanced module, but 90% of the course is not like individual stocks. Because again, to be very clear, for most people out there, I think that index fund investing is the way to go. 
Hence why in our beginner course, we literally tell you to do index fund investing unless you want to learn more. So I just don't agree with this comment to say, well, you have a vested interest in picking stocks. You advertise your course, which is why you talk about stocks. I've been buying stocks since I was like a freaking little kid. Like really? And it's funny. I was like, I kept saying, Oh, I've been investing for a decade. Like I'm investing coming up on two decades when I watched it back, like literally. And throughout the entire time I've been buying stocks because I enjoy it. So this to me is just like, I don't really agree with that. Right. I don't agree with that. And again, like just to go back to this, why I push the Academy, you have a program here with Adam, which is literally like not even a single reference to stock. You stocks, you have taxes, you have everything, you have government benefits, you have estate planning. Like to say that our training would have less like stuff without individual stocks is just, that's just wrong. <laughs> it would have less, but not like that much less. One to five to 10 of your stocks may substantially outperform, as I said. But what about the dozens of others that don't? That's exactly right. Um, that is exactly correct. Like I did mention in the video that I like having that opportunity to outperform, but with that comes the downside that you're going to have your stocks like a 10 cent, like a Baba that who knows, maybe never will come back again. That's not what I believe is going to be the case, but you are going to have those, like when you open up one doorway to say, Hey, I want the opportunity to outperform that inherently opens up another doorway to say, well, then I may underperform and certain stocks may definitely underperform again for me, a risk I'm willing to take. Um, where is it? You can make the same argument. Oh, yeah. uh, but what about dozens of stocks that don't? You're right. Over the course of your lifetime, you're going to have stocks that, that don't do well. Now, the goal is that as an investor, if you're buying individual stocks and this is the route you want to go, that you're going to have more winners than losers. In fact, I would hope significantly more winners than losers. Like what's the saying that Peter Lynch said, if you could buy six out of 10, like if you had bought 10 stocks and six out of 10 did six out of 10 did good, you're going to be good over the long haul. Now, I actually think that you should try for even more than that. Like, I think it should be like eight to nine out of 10 that do good. Again, based on the stocks that I pick, like I'm not picking the most uh, like variable stocks. My stocks over a long period of time are going to do good. I'll tell you that. And you're going to have the few outliers out there based on the strategy that I invest with. Um, you could make the same argument with buy 90% of the index and only picking stocks with about 5% of your portfolio. And then you could outperform. And then you can outperform. You could, like you absolutely could. And again, what we teach our students is that if you're not wanting to do 100% stocks or 100% like ETFs, you make that mix. It's either 50-50, 70-30, 95-5, I think is very, very suitable. Like have your core in ETFs and then have 5% in stocks. Like that's completely fine, do it. But I literally said in the first part of that video, like literally right at the very beginning, I enjoy building a portfolio of individual stocks. Like I want to do this, right? Having the skills and knowledge to buy stocks assumes that the market is inefficient and that you have information that isn't already priced in. And yeah, the inefficient market theory, we could talk like a whole video on that. In fact, maybe I'll like plan to do a video on that coming soon. That's absolutely fair. And that's one way to look at it. But again, I think you missed the entire concept of the video is that I'm not, there's not one, I'm not trying to say I pick individual stocks because of one sole reason that I'm significantly going to outperform the, like the index. There were so many reasons, like it's a 30 minute video. Why for me, there's various reasons why I pick individual stocks. So you could talk about efficient market theory and say the markets are inefficient. And like, that's completely, again, that's, that's not what I'm trying to get at that, that the video was there for. And again, that'll just basically like reiterate, there's more to it than just that. He then talks about there saying your point at around 18 minutes. And again, this is such a good comment. Cause it's like legit, you know, it's very, 
I don't know if it's a grill or like just a pointing things out because it's very, very like to the point. And I, re I really like it. Other than the little like you have a vested interest in Peggy's Knox. Um, your point around 18 minutes also assumes that there's an index volume bubble, which has been proven multiple times incorrect. I mean, if you go back and watch that example, I didn't say that the market is overvalued. I said, what if I said, like, I'll, I'll, I'll literally try and find that. And if I said, I haven't watched it back. And if I did say that, then I'll, then I'll correct myself. What is going on you guys about like where your money? I don't even know how to research a stock. I haven't seen up to date numbers, but to whatever the case is, that's really top heavy weighted. Netflix, really overvalued. Like, I think that they're okay. There was whatever reason that Apple, Microsoft looked at all these other stocks and he said, they've done really, really well. I don't necessarily how your dollar when you market structure how the index feels the appropriate number to look at. I haven't seen up to date numbers, but hundred thirty five percent very about like Netflix. Well, Netflix not, but let's assume you looked at all these other stocks and you said done really really well in other areas of pick up like zero dollar of your money or hundred thousand dollars or okay. million dollars into this index fund. I can't find the exact spot. Well, I believe these stocks are actually grossly overvalued. Now, maybe not, but let's assume you looked at all um, Google. Let's assume you felt, for whatever reason, that Apple, Microsoft. Um, right there. Okay. This is look at. I hope you guys can hear the audio. By the way, I don't know. If, I don't know if you can hear it. If you can't hear it, that's a big fail. But what I said was, let's assume you felt that the market was overvalued. I'm not saying that the market is overvalued. That we're in a bubble. Like that's not what I said. I said let's assume that you're an investor that just has that that decision. Whether it's now, whether it's ten years down the road, whether it's yesterday. I literally said here, like, it's like overvalued. Let's find doing this type of strategy. But if you feel, for example, the market is like overvalued, if you feel, let's assume you felt for whatever reason that Apple, Microsoft. So what I just said there was, if you personally, as an investor, felt that the market was overvalued, well, you don't have any say in a in an index fund, right? Which is basically, I think, what you en ended up saying here. But it is definitely a good point that having twenty five percent, twenty percent of your index fund and them dropping will drag down the index. So, okay, sorry, I'm getting, ahead, I'm getting ahead of myself. I didn't say that I think that we're in a bubble and that the thing is like at 18 minutes, oh, I should have checked when he said at 18 minutes, that's probably where I should have done. But um, I didn't say that we're in a bubble. I'm just saying if you were an investor that felt we were, or if you were, it was a time that, well, you don't have flexibility to do anything with individual stocks you do, right? That's what I'm trying to say here. And he says here, but it is definitely a good point uh, that having 20% in Netflix and Tesla and them dropping will drag down the index. Absolutely. But that's why passive management is good because it removes emotions and rebalances automatically as needed. And for 90% of people out there that don't care to do that and maybe do get subject to emotions and like would would kind of mess up with their swings, that's true. Like for 90% of people out there, maybe you do want to strip out the emotions. Maybe you do want to have the automatic rebalancing as you say and kind of just let it go. But that's your that's your like that's that's you portraying what you want, like your feelings. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the same for me. Like an investor who's been doing this for a long time. What if I'm somebody that actually feels I can stay on top of my emotions? What if I do actually a really good job of managing my emotions as an investor? What if it's one of my strengths and you know, seeing the swells in the market and the ups and downs, the stocks being overvalued. What if that doesn't bother me? What if that's actually an advantage to mine where I'm able to say, Hey, let's do opposite of the herd. Let's do this or that. Right. For, for a lot of people out there. Yeah. An index fund is great, but that whole video was talking about why I personally don't choose that so yeah it's a good point passive management is good it removes uh, moves emotions and rebalance automatically but i can rebalance myself and i don't really invest with emotions so for me personally i don't think that point applies i've only 
ever seen people lose money trying to pick stocks, honestly. It's much more like gambling than investing as compared to index fund investing. And this this is where I think we differ because, yeah, this is just a very, like, I think a very bad sentence right here. I've only ever seen people lose money trying to pick stocks, honestly. And later he says, I'm 27. So like, if you've just been kind of watching YouTube and seeing all the YouTubers pick stocks and lose money, well, there you go. Like, you're probably right. But I've only ever seen people lose money when trying to pick stocks. That is, that's such a bad statement. Like, what? What about the funds that do outperform the index? Like, what about the successful, like, does Warren Buffett, like, does he not pick stocks in a sense? I mean, he's buying businesses, but he's just picking stocks at the end of the day. And he's basically one of the best investors of all time. What about Peter Lynch? You could go through a whole list of names of successful investors. And again, I'm not just trying to cherry pick, like, the history's greatest, but like people don't just lose money when they pick stocks. Maybe the people you follow in your short period of time watching this, you know, being an investor, you've done this again. I'll bring it back to like where I've worked with my dad. Um, again, like I came into his firm, like, what was it? Seven years ago. Now, just because I started learning seven years ago, he had been working with clients for like 20 years prior to that, or maybe not 20, but like long periods of time. And I literally would look at their account history. I'd see how their account grown. I'd see their positions. I'd see positions up 700%, 800%, percent. I'd be like, holy crap, these stocks are doing so good. Well, no, they just held them for long periods of time. They held, they held good stocks like CNR, you know, like a TD bank companies that I invest in that I believe are good. I've seen how well those do over time. When you give them time to compound, when you basically buy the dips and at dollar cost average, like I've literally seen the stats, the numbers on various, various accounts. And again, that's just like me working at my dad's, working with my dad's clients. You could take this all across the thing. Like just because you haven't seen people make money with stocks because you just look on Reddit and people like Wall Street bets, they mess up all their stocks. That's just a bad statement to say. I've only ever seen people lose money and trying to pick stocks, honestly. Honestly, I don't think that's true. It is much more like gambling than investing as compared to index fund investing. Now, maybe for a lot of people, like, yeah, it is more like gambling. And again, maybe a lot of people do it wrong, but that's not, that's a, you can't put a blanket statement on everyone and say, well, everybody that picks stocks is a gambler and everybody that does this is like going to lose money. That's not a good statement. Uh, and then he's actually, he backs that up. He says, not in your case, as you're picking the banks and railroads and stuff, that's already safe, but most people slam money into wheat stocks and assume it's going to the moon. Well, that's right. Most people like do bad things. They don't buy good stocks and they pick hype stocks. They pick speculative stocks They buy meme stocks They buy wheat stocks as soon as going to the moon. I don't think I'm that type of investor. Like maybe if you talk to me, maybe like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I'd make those mistakes. But today, why I feel comfortable building on my stocks is because I pick bank stocks and railroads pretty much like more, more than that. But, um, but yeah, I don't know if this is more of like a public service announcement, but it is true. Most people do slam money into wheat stocks. That being said, uh, I do think the math suggests you will underperform the benchmark. Well, I guess we'll have to see. Um, we'll have to see. And again, I, I don't know like what the math. Uh, yeah, we'll have to see. I don't know what that math you're talking about is like. If, if you think if like, let me just say this. If you think that everyone picking stocks loses money and then you think the math suggests that you're going to underperform, I think that you kind of need to like maybe backtrack a second and say, you know, don't just put everybody in the category of a crappy investor. I'd rather be a mediocre millionaire at 50 than broke at 50 because of dumping my money into spec stocks that didn't pan out. I agree with that. And hey, for you, like, I think that's great. Be a mediocre millionaire. Do it like 
at 50 with index funds like i said if you're one of those fire moving people that wants to be dedicated that is the best way to get there but i don't think it's like they'd rather be broke because dumping my money into spec stocks first of all i don't dump my money into spec stocks that didn't pan out like that's not how i build my portfolio and um i don't think it's one or the other like basically what you're saying with this statement is i'd rather be a millionaire doing index funds or broke doing individual stocks that's not how it works if you're doing spec stocks yeah my camera just randomly died out for some reason, but um, yeah, sorry, where was I? Oops. Um, where was I? Yeah, I don't think it's one or the other, man, that you, you either become a mediocre millionaire and then like be broke, it's, yeah, and I just don't get that. Just to finish things up here, because I know we've been talking for quite some time. Honestly, in my opinion, as you said, you're, in my opinion, as you said, it you're young. I'm 27 also. It seems to me like now would be the perfect time to dump everything into an index fund and take advantage of early compound interest before it's too late. And like, good statement. I, I agree. We all want to take advantage of early compound interest. And uh, if you want to do it through the means of index funds and like be a mediocre millionaire at 50, I think that's awesome because you can get there. But um, I choose the route of individual stocks. <laughs> like that's that was the, what the whole video was about, why I do it. And um don't get me wrong. I'll be taking advantage of early compound interest too. And I've been taking advantage of early compound interest too, just in a different vehicle, right? That That's all that it is. Um, and yeah, the reason why I address this is just um, like, you know, I, I see it as the top comment. I see a bunch of people giving likes, not a bunch of people, but like 17. And it's just like, I just want to come out here and, and, and make clear. So for those of you that are wondering, like, I hope that that was able to clear it up. Again, logography, like it's a great comment. Um, I think that it's, not entirely accurate especially certain parts but uh, in general like i don't disagree with what you're saying for the most part and again for you like it sounds like you've got your strategy dialed in and that's perfectly fine but that video is talking about me and i don't think what you're talking about applies to me like not that i'm an outlier or something i just think that you took a lot of kind of like blanket statements and apply that to me i don't know but uh, hey if you guys enjoyed this video I probably should get some sleep. So I'm going to wrap it up there, but do leave a thumbs up, subscribe. Let me know your thoughts down below, whether you agree or disagree. Uh, again, I encourage these types of comments because although I don't like reply to every single one, I do read them. And um, it's, uh, that's what this channel is all about is like hearing difference of opinions. Again, maybe I'm being a little too like harsh or, you know, stubborn in my ways, but I do like, uh, I, I do totally respect this guy. I respect his comment. I just kind of wanted to come out and clear up some of the things just to make sure that uh, everybody is on the same page. But uh, thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you in the next video.